In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. This is the last Sunday of Easter. We have spent the last seven weeks celebrating and hearing all about Christ's victory over the grave. Of course, many Christians today really only spend one Sunday out of the year celebrating that, but that's why I love being a liturgical church, a Lutheran church, because we span this over seven weeks and really ponder and take count of what has happened. Of course, for many, it may not really matter. Maybe it doesn't even matter to you. On with Pentecost, on with the green season. Maybe you're a bit tired of the Easter season. Maybe you have other worries and fears that are at the forefront rather than your pending death. It's, fine. it's hard to find much happiness these days. Indecision, conflict, financial woes, political fighting, all at your expense. We continue to hear about the battle to kill our unborn and elderly. Somebody even shared with me an article this week that all talked about raising children in a post-gender world. And if that wasn't hard enough to deal with, we deal with rejection of the church and the word of God from outside and, yes, even from you and me as well. Christ's resurrection was so April, so yesterday, so last month, so blah. Christ is risen. Thankfully, Pastor won't be interrupting our sermons with that statement, but never count me out. Of course, what we see in the world shouldn't surprise any of us. And not only has Jesus warned us of what will end up happening, he also tells us of what those outside of us will end up doing. It shouldn't be surprised because Jesus has spoken over and over again of the dangers of the world. So what is your greatest enemy? What is the greatest thing that you and I have to face each and every day? Is it inflation? Is it your job? Is it your family life, your kids? I would say look in the mirror. We are our own worst enemy. We are the ones that are constantly at battle with us. We are the ones who want our way our will, not God's word or God's will. Even in the tribulation and trials of this world, even in our self-centeredness of our own hearts, there is a grave danger, far more dangerous than the world or even ourselves. It's the evil one prowling around you like a roaring lion, seeking to devour you, seeking to tempt you, seeking to use and abuse all of the ways of the world and twisting what God has created for us. One of the things that you need to remember all along is that the devil can never create anything. He doesn't sit there and just say, well, I'm going to create this or create that. God is the only one who can create. The devil is the one who takes everything that God has made and twists it. Nothing that goes on in the world, none of the attitude or anything else should surprise us. 
because the old evil foe is alive and well, and because my heart and your heart wants to play along. So, if you're not so sure about that, how did you fare this week? Did you get annoyed when somebody might have poo-pooed one of your ideas or plans? Did you look at somebody and say, well, I never, never thought they would respond or say that about me? You and I know the scratch sin upon our heart, our mind, our words, and our deeds creeping on us as God tells Cain. Be careful because sin is crouching at your door. How many times this past week did you feel like you were right to oppose somebody by any means necessary, to denigrate them, to take them down a peg? especially if it's something important, something moral, something good, right and salutary. Because after all, when bad people are wrong, we love to hammer them and break them and to tell them off and to look at them with disgust. Look in the mirror. Don't you ever sit here today and think that as you come before the holy presence of God, that you are any better. You are going to say in a few moments our Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses, we have done really wrong. But we also pray so that we may forgive those who have done against us, no matter what it is. After all, we heard all about that last week where Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. We even heard from James, be a doer of the word. In all the conflict, all of the disagreement, all the anger and rage that you have included yourself in, is there any forgiveness as your first reaction to all the annoyances, minor and major, that you faced this week? I would dare say no. It's because the old evil foe wants his way with you. But you come in today restored and renewed and reminded that you are the baptized children of God. You have been taught by God and his word, and we actually live differently in this life than the world. That doesn't mean you're better than everybody else, but by your baptism, you have been changed. You and I now realize the power of sin, the pervasiveness of sin, the Satan all around us and his temptations. It's something that Jesus teaches very often. And why? Not just to hammer you or continue to drive you to repentance, which you and I need to do. Not just to show you your own need forgiveness and to prepare you to receive it, but also to take care and love your neighbor. And that's not just the person living next door to you. It's not the person you work with. It's not the people that you come across on the street. It starts in here with the family of God, and it overflows into your family with everybody you live with, and then everything else that you encounter. Why? The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded 
for the sake of your prayers we heard today. Whenever we forget Jesus or whenever we view the world apart from him, we will jump back into the same old dog-eat-dog games of the world. You and I have been taught each and every time we come into this place that there is actually a spiritual component to all of this around us, to all of this in here. It is actually very spiritual. One of the things I found very fascinating during all of the COVID-19 pandemic, remember that? Yeah. Was the fact that I could not, as a pastor, go see people in the hospital. No matter how many waivers I signed, no matter how many layers of protective suits and oxygen tanks I promised to wear, nope, not going to happen, no way. And I remember talking to some doctors at various hospitals, both in Milwaukee and even here, about the fact that that's very frustrating. And you know what? They found it very frustrating as well. Because if you talk to any sort of doctor or nurse, they will certainly talk about physical health and well-being, but they will also rely very heavily on the spiritual component of the person who is in the hospital. I can't tell you how many times when I have been in the hospital seeing somebody and a nurse or doctor walks in and they, oh, all right, we'll, we'll be right back. We'll cut. You do your thing and, and that's good. It's great to see you here. Nobody in the hospital has ever looked at me in my clerical collar and saying, get lost. What are you doing here? Do you really believe all of that? I have had several people who have sat there and said, where do you need to go? I don't know, because I get lost in all of these hospitals. They build, they build, and then they build again. But that is a true reality for you and for me. It's not just the physical component, it is our spiritual component. And at times that can be frightening. It can seem like it's beyond our control. It can even make us doubt our own salvation. That's because Satan likes to throw up your sins against you and remind you of everything you have said, thought, and done. This is why you come here today. This is why we come here today over seven weeks and proclaim Christ is risen. This is God's final say. It's his love for you. Because again, we will get tempted over and over again in our thoughts, our own words, and our deeds, even about God, rather than to listen and receive God, who has shown us again and again that he gives us mercy, forgiveness, and his love. The sins are great, but that doesn't change who Jesus is. Remember what he prayed on Good Friday? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus looks at you and me today, and he says, Sinner, you are a sinner. Remember a couple of weeks ago? Dirty, rotten sinner. But he also looks at you and says, Give me those sins. They are not something I want you to hold on to. You cannot have them. Give them to me no matter how bad it is, no matter how frustrating or repetitive it always seems to be. There will be times where you will see that your sins are great 
even the devil or maybe somebody else will constantly hold them up against you. There will always be those who will try to downplay or excuse. And there will be times actually where God will let you see the greatness of your sin. And that's not to make you feel wretched or horrible. It's to remind you of who he is. I love Ezekiel that we heard today. I would love to have a needlepoint of verses 24, 25, and 26. I will take from you and the nations and gather you from all the countries, and I will bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle you clean with clean water. Baptism in the Old Testament, you better believe it. And you shall be clean from all of your uncleanliness. And from your idols, I will cleanse you. And I love this. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone and will give you the heart of flesh. Flesh and blood of Jesus you receive today. His body and blood become one with your body and blood. It is now no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. He is the one who has created in you a clean heart and has upheld you with his free spirit. His blood now pulses through your veins. He has redeemed you so much that he even calls you by name. He's applied the sprinkling of waters in you. He forgives you and he even speaks about what the world is going to throw against you. Not to make you offended or upset or knocked over or toppled down or feel like it's just plain worthless or it's not even a battle you can fight. He sends you the helper, the comforter, the one who is ready to forgive that's the life you have in Jesus, the life brought forth by the Holy Spirit who bears witness to Jesus and proclaims that Jesus is God and forgives you real sin in Jesus' name. We've heard so much about the Holy Spirit throughout Easter, and guess what next Sunday is? Pentecost. You as Christians have been changed and have been given the spirit of Jesus, the living God, and you now have the opportunity to go out and be salt and light to everyone that you meet. Peter talks about this today in the life of the church. Above all, love one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Everybody in here, each other, family members, Children, friends, forgive one another, he says. And then he shows you your life in the world. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. That word I was talking about in Bible class, that word hospitality is where you get the word hospital. And in the Greek, it literally means the love of strangers. So everything that you receive here in the church is God blessing, feeding, and forgiving you as you come to this rail even 
and then it overflows out into this life. But you'll notice it has to be God doing this in and through you. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That means all that you have is not yours. It belongs to God. The car that you drive, it's on loan from God. The house that you live in, it's on loan from God. That money in your wallet, yes, it's on loan from God. But he does not demand these things from you. He gives them to you so that you might go out and use them by his name and to his glory. And that also means that you bring life and light to others even when things are in the toilet. I'd say they're even beyond the toilet today. You lift others up because Jesus has lifted you up as hard as all things can be to do. You can do it through Christ who strengthens you. There will be real sin and real sin out there and in here. And as you go your way this day, God himself is with you. The Spirit continues to bring you Jesus again and again and again in his word and sacraments. We talked about this last week, Pastor. We talked about this five weeks ago. We talked about this in April. Check yourself at the door. Be reminded of who you are so that you may always know that he is always with you, not on account of how great you are, but for his own name's sake. This is the Lord's doing. It's all focused on you, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Christ is risen. Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.